here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. As we are about to start the VBS, so in the current context, you know, I would like to title my message this morning, What Influence Do You Have on Your Children? What influence do we have on our children? You know, this morning, as you hear, you know, you may be thinking about, you may be having a question, how relevant this sermon is for me, right? So, you know, I'm trying to, you know, just uh, bring a context before we really get into the Word of God. You know, our children are important. That's the reason we have kept this one week aside, and we want to spend time with the children, not just few hours but instead, we want to keep them for the entire day from morning 9 o'clock till evening 4 o'clock during all these five days. And we, we decided to commit our lives for these little ones. You know, I believe it's a great commitment that we are making. As a church, as individuals, as a families, it's a great commitment. You know, some of you have been working maybe last one month, you know, towards this VBS that certainly tells us this ministry is, you know, much more important than any other ministry. You know, we are not trying to, you know, compare ministries, but then this investing in the life of the little ones is going to give much reward in the coming days. So this morning's sermon, you know, when we share the word, it, you may be asked to think about your own children. We may try to apply the word of God in the life of your own children. Some of us, maybe we are trying to apply the word of God in the life of our grandchildren. Some of us are blessed with grandchildren, right? So it's a blessing. So try to think about, you know, your grandchildren. Some of the future parents are here, I believe, right? So think about what God is about to do in your life. This message may be prophetical in your life. It, this message may be, you know, future point of view. You bring the future view into your life. Lord, when you bless me with a child, that was the prayer of Hannah. That was the commitment of Hannah. And this morning as we read the scriptures, I believe that God is about to do something in your life, in our lives. And that is going to bless us. Some of us are called to be spiritual parents. Word of God says there are, you know, there are many guardians or spiritual parents. God has called us you know, to parent some of those children. They are, even though they are adult, they are still children in the word of God. They are still babes in the word of God. And God has called you and me to nourish them, to feed them, to tell them the word of God. So, you know, whatever we say this morning, it's going to be relevant to our lives. Maybe for our own children, maybe for our grandchildren, maybe our future children, or maybe for the spiritual children. I want you to think about the future that our children are going to face. You know, we are facing such a crisis in this world today. You know, at times when we think about, we are really sorry for the grandchildren and children. They are born, they are born today. Because how it is going to be when they grow up, how this world is going to be. You know, when you think about the days when our, of our childhood, we, would have, we have never seen such things what is going on in this world today. We never heard of such things in this world, what, what we currently children are experiencing in this world. But today we see them with our own eyes. And think about the future of our children and grandchildren. 
The future is certainly dark. The future is certainly dark. The future is antichrist dominated. You know, as we go into the future, the power of darkness is going to fall upon the land. That's the word of God. The moral and values and ethics are going to disintegrate as we go further into the future. The system that we see today, the world system that is kind of skewed, you know, that is off from the word of God. When we compare the word of God, the word of God and the world systems, they are not in sync already. And think about the future. In the future, they are going to be totally contrary to each other. And this morning we are talking about, Lord, what do you want me to do for my children, my grandchildren and the children that you are asking me to bring up as godly? This morning God is speaking to us and God wants us to put this fact in our hearts that our children are important. You know, what we are planting today is what we are going to get in the future. A Chinese proverb says, Today we are under the shade of the trees which were planted years ago. That is so true. Think about we are here today. You know, think about people who are in the churches and people who are following God today. They were planted by their parents and by their grandparents they were godly. You know, as I speak this morning, you may think about your mom. You may think about your dad. You may think about your grandparents. And you may thank God for their lives. You know, they have planted our lives. And today, we are residing under their shade. We are living under their shade. Today, what we planned is what we get tomorrow. <clears throat> you know, how much we invest in the lives of these little ones is what we are going to reap as the days go by. What God wants us to be is the question this morning. What influence that you and I have in our children. What God wants us to be. There are four things I want, you to, I want to share this morning. You know, God wants parents to be number one, a channel of faith. A channel of faith. Number two, God wants parents to be a passage of spiritual gifts. Number three, God wants parents to be a model for discipline. Number four, God wants parents to be a provider of growth. Can you just repeat that after me? That will help. Number one, a channel of faith. A passage of spiritual gifts. A model for discipline. A provider of growth. You know, as we take this further this morning, I just want you to listen to me with prayer. I, I, I believe that God will speak to us. Number one, God is calling as parents to be a channel of faith. A channel of faith. You know, faith is something that diffuses from parents and gets into the lives of little ones. You know, when children are born, they are looking at the eyes of the parents. Most of the time they spend with their mom. Most of the time they are spending with their parents. So scripture says faith diffuses or faith starts from the lives of parents and it gets into the lives of children. You know what of God says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17. How faith comes? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. Faith 
in God comes by hearing the word of God. You know, that's why it becomes important to preach the word of God. That's why it is important to hear the word of God. Because as we hear the word of God, we receive faith. Our faith is strengthened. We become, we get more and more faith. And scripture says, faith comes from by hearing the word of God. And this morning, I just want you to, want to bring a special person from the word of God. His name is Timothy. His name is Timothy. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy. This scripture talks about how faith came into the life of young Timothy. And as he was a little boy, he was just growing with his parents and with his grandparents probably. And here Paul is witnessing the kind of faith that young Timothy had. Here we read in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. Scripture says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, I am convinced that it is in you also. And I just want you to listen to the scripture. It's a beautiful scripture. Here Paul says, when I think about you, when I call you, call to remembrance the genuine faith that I see in Timothy, in your life, which dwelt first in whom? In his grandmother Lois. And then it came to his mother Eunice. And now I see the genuine faith in your life. You know what a testimony it is. What a testimony it is. Looking at your somebody, looking at your grandson and telling you, you know, I see the faith today in your life. And that same faith I see in your mother. And the same faith I see in your grandmother. You know, what a blessing it will be. You know, it all depends what we invest in the lives of these little ones. I know, I believe if we read a couple of scriptures in the word of God, we understand the mother of Timothy, she had a genuine faith. Genuine faith, it means it's not a fake faith. It's a genuine faith. When she says she believes in God, it is 100% sure that she believes in God. Even though things are not going well in his life, her life, you know, she was trusting in God. That is a genuine faith. The faith doesn't get altered based on the situations. The faith that doesn't get altered based on the surroundings. The faith that doesn't get altered with, you know, what, the pain that we feel in our body. The faith remains same. That is a true faith, sincere faith Paul is talking about. That kind of faith Paul saw in the life of Timothy and now he is witnessing the same faith I saw. That means Paul has seen his, uh, Timothy's mother. If you read Acts chapter 16, Luke writes here, the author of Acts, Luke writes here in Acts chapter 16 verses 1, let's read that scriptures, verses 1 and 2. You will come to know who is the mother of Timothy. 16 verse 1 and 2. Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. So scripture says, Timothy's mom was a Jewish woman, and his father was a Greek man. Probably we believe that Eunice and Lois, Timothy's mom and grandmother, they were probably the early converts, early converts of the Pentecostal movement. You remember in Acts chapter 2 when gospel was preached, 
there are 3,000 got added to the church. Then later, 5,000 got added to the church. Probably they were just one of those converts into Christianity. She was a Jewish woman. Now scripture talks about, Paul is saying that, I saw this genuine faith in your mother. We are talking about parents being a channel of faith. You know, today, what do we give to our children? What do we, our, what do we feed our children with? Word of God is expecting us to feed them with faith. And how that faith comes? That faith comes by hearing the word of God. So number one, we are talking about the parents being a channel of faith. And scripture says it was a sincere faith. You know, I just wanted to spend a few minutes on this. It was a sincere faith. It was a real faith. It was a vibrant faith. It was a day-to-day faith. It was a faith that was experienced in her life. It was very sincere. You know, we just want need to think about our lives. How many of us experience? How many of us practice that faith in God's word? You know, most of the time, we say, we read, we, we say that we have faith in God. But when it comes, do we behave as if we put our faith in God? Who is watching this? Our children are watching this. And our children know very well whether they are genuine faith or they are just fake faith. And here Paul is witnessing, Timothy, you got a faith, genuine faith. And that came from your mother. Because your mother was practicing faith every day. When something is not happening, she was not afraid. She was just quiet, trusting in God. Something is not going in our own way. She was not complaining. She was just trusting in God. Timothy, you saw all this in your parents. Parents are called to be a channel of faith. That faith lived. That faith lived in that home. It was residing as if in a well-settled home. The faith was living in their lives. And that same faith was living in Timothy too. Because it was passed on to the future generation. You know what we are going to do this next week in this place. Exactly that's what God is calling us to do. Pass on that faith into the future generation. Because the future is going to be tougher than the current days. And children cannot stand for God if we don't give that faith to them. And that faith was shared consistently with Timothy. You know that faith comes only by Hearing the word. That faith doesn't come by tradition. You know, sometimes we think that children are born in a Christian setup. Children are born in Christian homes. And we think that probably they will anyway grow up as a Christian. No, that's not true. Faith does not come by traditions. Traditionally, whatever we try to do, you know, children are not going to follow it. When they are young, they may. But then they, they grow up, they walk away from that faith. If our faith is bound, if we are bound by tradition. So faith cannot come by tradition. Faith can come, come only by knowing the truth. And that truth is the word of God. And this faith produced a real godly man by name, Timothy. You know, he was highly regarded. If you can read the second verse, chapter, Acts chapter 16, verse 2. He was well spoken. It talks about Timothy. He was well spoken in Lystra by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. So this man who was carrying the genuine faith in God, which came from his mother and grandmother. Now he is well spoken 
by the people, by the society. This morning, God wants us to think about what others tell about us. He was all, not only by people, he was even highly regarded by Paul. You know, in fact, if you read the epistles, if you read the, you know, the New Testament portion of the scripture, we will realize Paul is calling Timothy as my beloved son. My only son. My true son. You know, he was just kind of, you know, he as if he has adopted Timothy into his life. He has become his only son because he was well spoken. And how that faith came into the life of Timothy through his parents. You know, as parents, we have a role to play. And that role starts even before somebody is conceived in the womb. Because God sees. Even before our frames were formed, God saw us. And that time the faith is getting imparted into the little lives around us. Number two, parents are expected to be the passages of spiritual gifts. Passages of channels of spiritual gifts. Again, let's read from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Here Paul writes, as if he is considering Timothy as his only son, his own son. And he writes to his son, Timothy, he reminds, therefore I may remind you, Timothy, to stir up the spiritual gifts of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul prayed for Timothy by laying his hands on him. And now he's reminding, I just want you to stir up the spiritual gifts that I see in you, which are already there in you, which came to you by laying on of my hands. What are those spiritual gifts Paul is talking about? You know, this morning we are talking about God passing that spiritual gifts through parents into the lives of the little ones. What are those gifts? A couple of them we can name today. Serving God is a spiritual gift. gift. Teaching is a spiritual gift. Hospitality is a spiritual gift. You know, some of the benevolent services that we do, people, those who are in need, find out and help them. It's a spiritual gift. Giving is a spiritual gift. Leadership is a spiritual gift. You know, there are many other spiritual gifts. Showing mercy to somebody who is not, you know, having enough. It's a spiritual gift. All the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Word of God is talking about. They are all spiritual gifts. All prophecies, speaking in tongues, you know, working of miracles, healing, you know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, you know, word of discern, spirit of discernment. You know, all those kinds of spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are spiritual gifts. Evangelism mission, doing mission is a spiritual gift. Sharing the gospel with others is a spiritual gift. Now Paul is talking about parents laying hands on their children so that there will be a spiritual impartation of spiritual gifts in their lives. You know, we need to believe this truth. We need to believe this truth. God has given enough skills, enough gifts to our children. And word of God is teaching us to lay hands on them and Pray for them so that God may stir up those spiritual gifts in their lives. You know, some of our children, they are little now. As they grow up, you want them to serve God. You want them to be useful to somebody. You want them to be a witness to somebody. 
And this morning, God is telling you and me that it is time that we need to lay hands, our hands on our children before anyone else lay hands on our children. As parents, as Paul says, I laid my hands on you and prayed for you. So just stir up your gifts because the gifts are already in you. They're already imparted in your life. God wants us to pray for our children by laying our hands on them because each child has a gift. One or many gifts. We're all, our children all are gifted in many different ways. But God is telling us by laying our hands, you know, they will, their spiritual gifts will be stirred up. If you remember what Jesus did when he saw the little ones. In Mark chapter 10, let's read that scripture. Mark chapter 10, verse 16. It's amazing what Jesus did. Mark chapter 10, verse 16. Scripture says, And he, when he saw little children come to him, he took them up in his arms and he laid his hands on them and blessed them. Did you hear that? When Jesus brought the little children closer to him, he took them up and he laid his hands and he blessed them. You know, laying our hands on the children, it has a spiritual significance and God wants us to do that. God wants us to do that. You know, it also tells us that our children are under our spiritual covering. Did you listen what I said? Our children are under our spiritual covering. It is very important that to bring our children under our spiritual covering. That means you nourish them. You teach them. You know, I have seen the daycare kids. They come to our home. You try to tell them something. They immediately say, no, 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 my mom asked me to do this. No, 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 my mom asked me to say this, do this. My mom said not to do this. No, 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 you have to eat this. No, 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 my mom said not to eat this. Where that comes from? You know, that's the reality. That's how children understand. So it is important that we bring our children under our spiritual covering. You know, this morning I just want to quote a name of a precious woman from the history. Her name is Susan Wesley. Couple of centuries back, she lived on this earth. She was blessed with many children. In fact, she had around 17 to 19 children. And close to 10 children, 8, 9 children, they, they died, even at the very young age. So eventually, he, she had to take care of 10, 11 children. And she was bringing up these children, and father was so too, too busy in ministry. And he was, you know, he was traveling a lot. And this poor woman, she was at home all the time. And she had a great responsibility of taking and bringing up all these little ones. You know, it's not easy to bring up all ten children. We have struggled with two children, right? If one starts crying, the other one will also will start. You know, that's the time probably would have put to put to sleep one child and the other one will start. And it will continue. Think about 10, 10, 10 children lying on the bed. And one start, like a chain reaction, it will start, 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 start. Everyone starts crying at the, some point of time. There will be a hymn and chorus going on at the house. She was bringing up 10 children. You know what this precious woman did? She will wait for a time when children go to sleep. When all children go to sleep, she goes and kneels down with one by one, with their child, with, with her children. And she lays her hands on each one of them and pray for them you know what is the result you would have heard of john wesley and charles wesley john wesley was the founder of methodism 
He led thousands and thousands of people to Christ, to the cross, by his preaching. Charles Wesley, history says he has written more than 6,000 hymns. Can you believe? Most of the hymns that we sing today, much more than that, more than 6,000 hymns were written by Charles Wesley. He was a minister in the Methodist organization. You know, such a great Methodist movement started from this little family. Only one reason. Mother was laying hands on her children. You know, this morning, I believe God is speaking to us. It, it's not fake. It, it's, it's not something, you know, which may or may not happen. It happens. The moment we take it serious and start praying for our children, word of God says, as it happened in the life of Timothy, the spiritual impartation takes place and God will eventually use our children for his glory. Number three, parents are expected to be a model for discipline. Parents are expected to be a model for discipline. Just want to read a couple of scriptures from Proverbs. These scriptures are very, very important. Let's, let's turn our Bibles. If you have a Bible, just take it down. Proverbs are probably, you can see them in the screen too. Proverbs 19, verse 18. Proverbs 19, verse 18. Scripture says, Chasten your son while there is hope. Discipline your son while there is hope. You know, this is a very, very important scripture that parents need to know. Scripture says, discipline your child still when there is hope. And do not set your heart on his distraction. You know, word of God is asking us to discipline our children when there is hope. When there is hope, there is hope when they are little. There is hope when they are willing to listen to us. There is hope when they are with us. They are not going to be with us forever. Children grow and they go and they travel. They go to different cities, maybe because of education and because of job. They are not going to be with us forever. Parents, discipline your children when there is hope. Let me read another scripture to Proverbs 22 verse 6. Proverbs 22 verse 6. Train a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old... He will not turn from it. Train a child in the way that he should go. You know, God has believed us. And he has entrusted these souls in our hands. How little they are, how big they are, it doesn't matter. They are still your children. But when they are with us, when there is hope... Word of God is expecting us to discipline them. If we discipline them now, they will not leave that when they grow up. You know, some of the children that they bring, you know, bring pain to their parents. Some of the parents, children, they bring tears all the time to their mom, their mothers. The reason is they were not trained in the way they need to be trained when there was hope. And this morning, God is telling the church, God is telling those who are listening to me, it is important that you need to train your children. You know, we are talking about parents being a model of discipline. Parents being a model for discipline. You know, today, parents are expected to be a godly role model for our children. I want you to realize, I want you to know, because most of us know about it. Parents try to imitate the children. Did you hear me? Parents try to imitate, sorry, the children, sorry, the children try to imitate the parents. Sometimes it happens the other way too, right? So children, they try to imitate the parents. The way we speak, 
they try to speak in the same way right even children are very good in sharing the secrets <laughs> sometime you know we may tell that you know we would have spoken something in front of children we assume that they have not heard it but it doesn't matter which room they are maybe you know they they have very sharp ears that they can hear what we are talking their ears are always with us right so they always hear and exactly with the same tone and with the same action they are capable of repeating what we shared in secret right now this morning god is telling us that he is expecting us to be a godly role model it is difficult it's not easy but if we do that today they will not leave that they will hold on to it in ephesians chapter 6 we read another scripture ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 ephesians 6 4 scripture says and fathers it's especially talking to fathers do not provoke your children to wrath but bring them up in the training and admonition of the lord you know what does it mean fathers do not provoke your children to wrath what does it mean you know i'll give you some of the examples you know sometimes we provoke the children to wrath you know they get angry because we provoke that we initiate that and this morning god is telling us as parents you know we need to be careful about it sometimes you know we overprotect our children we overprotect you know we just put a fence around them and even if they are grown up we just say that you know you need to just stand within this fence fence we cannot get out of this right we put a fence and they get irritated they get agitated they get disappointed scripture says parents do not provoke your children favoritism you have two three children we compare one with the other each one has its own ability each one has its own gifts god has blessed our children not in the same way in many different ways when we start comparing one with each other when we start showing favoritism that provokes a child over emphasizing emphasizing on increase or achievements you know most of the time we expect children to achieve more if they get b grade we said no 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 you need a grade with they get a you need a plus it is not enough you need to still do more still do better children get agitated children get worried and god says parents do not provoke your children over indulgence you know sometimes we have a way of handling our children if they ask anything we just give that if they want something then only they will keep quiet right if they say that no 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 i want this you just give that to the children so then just you know keep them quiet and you do always and one time if you don't give this you will see the children racing against you the same thing will continue they grow up every time you know they see blessings in their lives and one time if they don't see blessing they get disappointed they get discouraged you know these are some of those things that we need to learn and i came across this uh, somewhere just remember this one little boy was in the children group and he was just uh, talking to other children and this was heard by the youth pastor he was his dad and those children were telling oh today afternoon we are all going to the park you know because our parents they are going to take us to the park and the children are very happy and then they came to little boy what is your plan do you do, don't you have any plan and this boy told your parents are good because they are taking you to the park and my parents my father he doesn't take his own child but he takes 
somebody else's child, children to the park because he was a youth pastor. Neglect. You know, sometimes when we neglect our children, you know, that is kind of provoking them. Scripture is asking us to be a model for discipline. Proverbs 23, let's read the scriptures. Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. God may give us grace this morning as we read the scriptures. 23, 13. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. This world is not going to be, be in agreement with the scripture. Scripture says, do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with the rod and deliver his soul from hell. The only reason this world is not in agreement with the scripture, because the world doesn't know about hell. The world doesn't believe that hell, the eternal judgment that is going to come upon this world. You know, if as a child of God, as parents, if we know the severity of hell, the reality of hell, you will not hesitate to punish your children with a rod. That's the explanation of the scripture. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. You know, sometimes we may say that the rod of correction is not the real rod. It is the soft punishment that we may give. Whatever way we can interpret this, but this is what my scripture says. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. You know, we are not trying to afflict. We are not trying to, you know, inflict pain in the life of children. But we are trying to bring discipline in the life of children. The pain that they may endure for little pain, that will save them from the eternal pain if they had to suffer that pain in the hell. And this morning, God is telling us, we need to discipline our children. You know, I remember the days when my childhood days, my father had a cane at some, point of, uh, some, some part, part in, the, in, in, his, in his house. He very rarely had to use that cane. I remember he used that once because I teared a paper from a book. And I was punished for that sin. I'm not supposed to tear a book because he's a book writer. So he has uh, you know, stores, stored many books everywhere. I'm not supposed to take his book. And he gives that to me read, but then I cannot tear that paper. I was punished for that. It is time that we need to discipline our children. You don't need to use that. Just keep it there. That will speak. That rod has an ability to speak. At times, show your child to that rod. That will discipline. That will bring. You know, fathers are expected to firm and consistent in bringing discipline. And mothers are expected to, you know, be with the children, spend time, you know, provide support to the children, bring them up in a godly way. If parents work hand in hand, we will see, you know, those children are brought up in a godly way. Just want to repeat that again. Fathers are expected to bring that firm discipline in children. If you say a word, if as a father, if you draw a line, your son or your child cannot cross that line. I tell my son, if you cross that line, Get out of my home. I don't want you here in this house. Even now I tell that to him. We cannot afford to get that. 
as father it is a godly responsibility that god is giving you to bring your children in a disciplined way mothers are expected to give companionship supervision in everything that they they do mothers as a father i don't ask go and ask my son who is that chatting with you whom you are talking to i don't ask that but she asks she has a responsibility of supervising what children are going through she has also provided has a responsibility of providing support when i am i am just you know doing something she comes and recommends let him go let him do this a companionship you know god expects us to work in that way again i just want to you know bring this precious godly woman susan avesley she defines 16 rules in her house and i have them with me can one of you help me this morning just to distribute this she defined 16 rules for his household 16 rules just want to you know quickly go through these rules they are important because these rules brought those precious men of god <coughs> rule number 1 I would expect you to hang this in your rooms. I believe these words will speak to you. Rule number 1, eating between meals not allowed. Eating between meals not allowed. You know she was very strict. She was bringing her children in a godly way. Number 2, as children, they are to be in bed by 8 p.m. After 8 p.m., internet is protected no cell phones allowed nothing they are in bed i i have seen parents doing this number 3 they are required to take medicine without complaining number 4 subdue self will in a child child will ask many things control it and those working together with god to save the child's soul number 5 to teach a child to pray as soon as he can speak first thing then way they were they just speaking first word teach the child to pray number 6 require all to be still during family prayer absolute silence during family prayer number 7 give them nothing that they cry for and only that when asked for politely number 8 to prevent lying sometimes they may lie to prevent lying punish no fault which is first confessed and repented of when they did a mistake if they confess that mistake if they admit that it is a mistake do not punish if we punish they will lie number 9 never allow a sinful act to go unpunished if they do something wrong they deserve punishment what kind of punishment as parents we need to decide Number 10 never punish a child twice for a single offense. You know now we have all this mistake we do all this mistake when we do. Somebody our children children would have done something and they would have got you know enough scolding from our from their mother and they now walk into the father and then father will start. The mother would have done finish already her quota now father starts. So they one of the rules never punish a child twice for a single offense. Commend and reward good behavior. Number 12 any attempt to please even if poorly performed should be commended 
preserve property rights even in smallest matters you know what does it mean this is what i understood preserve property rights you know you have two children growing together you bought something for this child and something else for this child this child has no way ask what the other child holds property rights teach them you keep something your cell phone that is your property child has nothing to do with that do not give the cell phone as an instrument to play it's not a toy to play children do not learn the value you know some of these are very precious sorry 13 number 13 sorry number 14 strictly observe all promises if you promise something to your child keep that promise otherwise they will quote you told me dad and you did not do it you are a liar <laughs> you know it's it's important number 15 require no daughter to work before she can read well probably you, you are better to understand that number 16 teach children to fear the rod not the lord it's not a typo teach children to fear the rod rod of correction you know these are some of the 16 household rules susanna wesley had finally parents are expected to provide growth Parents are expected to provide growth. Just only one scripture I want to read before we close. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Word of God says, Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, favor with God, and favor with mankind. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and with mankind. You know, Jesus had four-dimensional growth as he was growing as a little boy that was, you know, that, that was nurtured by his parents. What are those? Scripture says Jesus grew in wisdom. Wisdom talks about the mental growth of a child. Wisdom talks about the mental growth of the child. The child has to grow in all this four-dimension to become a man of God, a child of God. Mental growth. Word of God certainly brings wisdom. And the time you spend with your children certainly brings wisdom. The time you take them around to see some meaningful things, maybe historical, or it has you know, some significance in your nation where we live. It has helped them to grow. Their education helped them to grow mentally. Jesus grew in wisdom. Secondly, Jesus grew in stature. His physical growth. As parents, we are concerned about their physical growth. Number three, favor with God. Their spiritual growth. Their spiritual growth. Number four, favor with mankind. Social growth. Jesus grew in all these four. All these four are important. Just want you to think about for a moment. Think about your child. If your child is not having any, of, any one of this growth, what condition your children will be in today? If they are not having mental growth, but they have physical growth, they have spiritual growth, they have social growth, but they are not grown up. In wisdom or emotionally. Physical growth, they have everything else, but physically they are still very short. They are not grown up. Spiritually, they don't know God. Socially, they don't know how to get along with people. They don't know. You know, these things are going to, you know, going to, you know, going to bring so much of hassle as they grow up. This morning we are talking about as parents, God has given them in our hands. God, has, God wants us to be number one channel of faith. To raise godly children, godly generation. Number two, he wants us to be a passage of spiritual gifts. 
raising our children in order to serve others and to serve God. Number three, God wants us to be a model of discipline. Raising our children to be a good citizen of this nation. Number four, providing growth. Raising up them to mature in the future days. And this morning, God has given us this responsibility. As we try to bring up our children, grandchildren, our future children, and our spiritual children. This morning, God wants us to now realize where do we stand with respect to this. Shall we close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipf.org. God bless you.